I have a theory about Super Tramp. By the way, Steve, I got to say that perhaps the worst pickup line in history would be, I have a theory about Super Tramp. (laughs) (laughs) Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the pop culture. I want my MTV. I want my MTV. The lingo. 30 inches of thigh slapping, blood pumping, nuclear brain damage. And the love. Casey, could you please play Waiting for a Girl Like You? Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears with TampaBay.com. And today, we give you the dinosaurs of the 80s. Flintstones, meet the Flintstones, and the family. No, not those dinosaurs. Hey, anyway, he's the Fred Flintstone to my Barney Rubble, Times Pop Music critic Sean Daly. Really? More Flintstones jokes? Get out of bedrock, baby. This is one of our great concept eps of all time okay okay he's the mick jagger to my uh to my bill wyman <laughs> that i like a lot better yeah everyone agrees would. with that rock dinosaurs of the 1980s is a high concept uh, podcast we've been thinking about for a while now let me explain it to you these are going to be bands that uh had their heyday their, their critical a plum <laughs> sure. in, the, in the decades prior to the 80s yes but they were still prolific in our magical they hit, era. They did have hits in the 80s. I love this show. I love it. And we found 10 of the great classic rock bands, but we, we didn't want to do all 10 at once because we want to savor each band like a precious jewel. <laughs> so you're going to get part one today and then part two next time. We split up our list of 10 into five and five rock dinosaurs of the 80s. Yeah. People are jacked about this. Maybe the best music ever on a, a, a podcast. Even better than this song? Why? Why? Why would you taint such an amazing show with that? I'm pretty sure they charted in the 60s. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, so we have five great bands today, and uh, listen, if you don't hear one of your faves on, we don't want to give away part two, right? No. Maybe we'll get to them part two, maybe we won't, but we got five today, five next time. Are you ready? How freaky would it be, by the way, if we had part three? <laughs> First, maybe. <laughs> you know, there will be such an outcry when we're done with part two, that how could you guys forget... Yeah. 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 So we'll see. Yeah. No. Fog hat. <laughs> I'm just saying the over under on fog yeah, hat fog making. Hat. Uh, Molly Hatchet. Probably not making it. Well, I said one today and you shot me down. I, I put on my music critic hat and I said the Clash. The Clash. Now, the Clash, that's a good example. Let's talk about the Clash for a second. Why they wouldn't be considered a rock dinosaur. Uh, they hit in the late 70s. So really, they, they're. they're their heyday overlaps with so the you're 80s. saying, okay, I see what you're saying. So these are like 60s, real 70s bands. 60s, and all of a early sudden, 70s. And they were kind of windy in the 80s, right. which is kind of amazing for our, uh, our, yeah. uh, our first band, which is still kind of going 30 years after that. 
after being windy. Right. Now, these are in no particular order. No particular order, as you'll see with our number Whatsoever. Two. Right. <laughs> Let the madness begin. Rolling Stones. You know what? I love the Rolling Stones in the 80s. Here's my theory, Steve. You want to hear my theory on, on Mick and Keith? Do I have a choice? On the Glimmer Twins, as I call them. Uh, the Stones in the 80s, probably about the mid-70s, the Rolling Stones stopped being the Rolling Stones. Okay, They stopped being a great British blues band, and they started um, following trends instead of, say, dictating them. Do you understand what I'm saying by that? I do. However, and, you know, they had the whole uh, Some Girls album, which was like kind of had, uh, had some disco going on with it and stuff like that. And then in the 80s, like a lot of people would poop. Emotional Rescue was like, considered like a dog, right? Yeah. Uh, the song Emotional Rescue is... <laughs> Painful. I am your knight in shining, shining armor. armor. That's painful. But then Tattoo You, it's great you have three, yeah. well, I guess four good songs in there, right? Hang Fire, uh, Start Me Up, uh, maybe it's only three, uh, Waiting on a Friend. But then Undercover, people dig on, but Undercover the Night, come on. No. Here's my thing on the Stones in the 80s. I, I do love Tattoo You. I, my emotional Rescue is very tough to get through. Tattoo. She was hot. <laughs> Tattoo is great. Undercover. But when it gets to undercover and dirty work and steel wheels, they lose me again. No, steel wheels is good. No. All right. So first of all, dirty work, you got one hit to the body. Remember that one? One hit to the body. And it's got a real tingly premise. Two guys, Mick and Keith, oh, battling. Give me a headache. Uh, and then I was, uh, Oh, and I love it. Harlem Shuffle. Oh, that's the worst <laughs> song. Oh, no, it's not. It's a cover. Really? If we did a podcast, and I was Do thinking the about this the other day, Shuffle. a podcast of horrible songs by great bands, Harlem Shuffle would probably be number one on my list. Number one. Why? It's awful. It's not. Everyone play out little, there. Play a little of it. Nope. Ready? Come on. Can you play a little mixed emotions from Steel Wheels? Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Here's the deal. You're you're wrong about that. Steel Wheels is a good album. Between a rock and a hard place. Your guitar work right now, it's like ice picks going into my brain. So wait, you didn't like the Stones in the 80s? No, I like the Stones in the early 80s. Nothing wrong with that. You like Tattoo You. That's about it. Yeah. Oh, man, you're missing out. Steel Wheels had a lot of good stuff. Continental I like drift. your premise, though, that, that in the 80s, that the Stones became a follower instead of a leader. And I think we're going to see that pattern repeat over and over again during this podcast. Okay. Are you ready for the next one? Yes. Jefferson Starship. I just like him as Starship. I love No Way Out. This is an interesting band in the 80s, okay? Because um, obviously their heyday, early 70s. The um, In the 80s, this band, though, would do one album as Jefferson Airplane, mm-hmm. three albums as Jefferson Starship, and then three more albums as just Starship. God, you know. They are the number one most prolific band in the whole Rock dinosaur genre. Rock dinosaur. Rock. No way 
I had the Nuclear Furniture album. It also had a uh, horrible name for an album. Terrible. And in the video, which I showed you yesterday, the Nuclear Furniture was really just a green chair, but like they didn't have any budget. Like the budget was like you know seven dollars for right. the No Way Out video. And like Mickey Thomas became like the real schlocky, you know, singer. He's got the bad mustache and the perm. He's doing like a, a John Oates imitation, you know. Circuit. Yeah, he is. It's and Grace all- and Grace Slick is trying to retain some sort of like mystical like acid LSD cool from like the 60s and 70s. But it doesn't work because it looks like she belongs in a renaissance festival. Yeah, her eyes always, yeah, it really doesn't. Her <laughs> eyes always really creep me out. Good evening, my lords. Welcome. It's the weirdest video. I would say of, of the top 10 creepiest videos of the 80s, this is like like number two. You know, when I Behind was, Herbie Hancock's rocket, which still gives me the heebie-jeebies yeah, to this day. Yeah, like the, the cracking, yeah. the cracking dummies. You know, when I was in Norway with Trina... Mama, no! Oh, we haven't had that Mama, in a while. Mama, no! In 1987, the number one uh, song in, uh, in Norway, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now, from the Mannequin soundtrack. Was that the best thing about the movie Mannequin? <laughs> it might have been. I, I don't mind that as a duet. In fact, it was written by Diane Warren, who I actually interviewed the other day. Diane Warren, one of uh, Celine Dion's chief songwriters, and she's very proud of that. It's Nothing's a great song. Gonna stop us now. But the rest, God, we built this city was so bad. You know, I, I don't I, know. I don't we hate it. In the hoopla. Oh. I kind of still like it. We built this city. Yeah. And you know, and I, plays the mambo. What does that mean? It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's, so. it's as meaningful as any Duran Duran song. I like Sarah. Song. Do you like Sarah? Of course. I, I yeah. had forty-five. That's yeah, of nice. course. The um, the thing about we built this city, I, I still get, I, I still, you know, my eyes, you know, glisten up at that one part where they, where it goes silent so that the local radio station can insert their little montage in uh, the, yeah. the city by Tampa Bay, the city that rocks, the city that never stops. Yeah. I just. Oh, every time, you know. It's just the little things. I always associate that with New Year's Eve. Uh, some lost New Year's Eve I had where I was you know, watching the Weather Channel as the oh, as God. like circa 1987, yeah. Jesus, and it was dude. playing. It was the background music on the Weather Channel as the time and date changed. And so to me, God, yes, that's the, the most depressing thing I've ever heard. Oh, jeez, you've been listening to this podcast for 230 <laughs> episodes, and that's the most depressing thing you ever heard. That's rough. I'll give you something even more depressing. Here's the next band in our Rock Dinosaurs list. Cult existed in the 80s. No, and I can't believe they had six albums in the 80s. Six albums. Including Cultosaurus Erectus. (laughs) (laughs) Which I believe is the Latin name for, uh, for you. Uh, that sounds like some car you'd see at like a monster truck show, you know, like Cultosaurus Erectus. I couldn't believe. I thought I had you in a total, uh, uh, mistake. When you said Burnham for You was an 80s song, I had to pay for like 1976. No. Great song. And then I looked, 1981 Burnham for You. Yeah. 
I love the Blue Oyster Cult. I mean, because back then, remember, it was all about uh, Godzilla was the big song when you were growing up that used yeah. to play. And uh, they opened up. I've seen them live. Have you seen Blue Oyster Cult live? No, I'd love to. Amazing. Actually, not really. <laughs> but it was, they opened up for Aerosmith. On, and I was covering Aerosmith. That was one, one of those glorious nights where I got to be the star for a change. And I'm sitting there, and I'm next to Curtis Ross, the uh, the, the music critic for the for our competitor, the Tampa Tribune. Right. And he's just all a glitter and a glow because he's been waiting his entire life to see Blue Oyster Cult. He's gone. He's bought his Blue Oyster Cult, you know, concert tee. Yeah. He's stretched it over his body. <laughs> and we're sitting there. We dig in. And, of course, I'm like, are they going to play Godzilla? He's like, what do you think? And sure, they ham it up, too. They do the whole, you know, there came a thunderous sound from Tokyo. And I was like, you really? Really? I mean, do you really? But they didn't sound good? How'd they look? Oh, they sounded fantastic. Oh, really? No, they were, they were great. Where they put Burnham for You and uh, Don't Fear the Reaper? Burning for You is the first hit that they played, and they, they closed with I'm Reaper. Burning, I'm burning, I'm burning. God, great band. It, 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 pretty good catalog. It's a great, it was a great 45 minutes. Umlaut in the Stuck in the 80s. Uh, I don't know if that works. Maybe I think that crashes U. the blog. Stuck in the 80s. Man, great. I love Blue Oyster Cult. That was a band that if you you were a fan of the cult in the, in the late 70s, early 80s, that kind of gave you a little bit of cred. You're yeah. a little dangerous, is what you were. Not as dangerous, though, as fans of this next rock dinosaur. It's okay, so you weren't exactly dangerous if you were a Super Tramp fan. But I'm dangerous, and I'm a super tramp You're fan. You're not dangerous. You're like a cat. It's raining again. I had that on vinyl. You had... Um, all right, so they they did okay. Roger Hodgson would leave the band, I think, uh, soon after uh, It's Raining Again. Right? Famous last words. Yeah, 1982. I don't think they had any more hits after that. But, you know, can you grandfather in Breakfast in America? You almost have to. God. Jeez, what a great album. So, I had that on vinyl, too. 1979. You know why I bought that album? Why? Because of the delicious-looking breakfast on the cover. <laughs> I love that. I'm so does hungry. That, I know, does that always make you want to eat breakfast? I know. And then, and then God, it took me forever to figure album. out what kippers were. Oh, the song, yeah. Can we have kippers for breakfast? breakfast? Mommy dear, mommy oh, dear. man. I want to go home. I have that. So good. You know what song always gets to me? It makes me feel like I'm in a movie. It makes me feel like my life is more than just the small, meaningless thing that it is. Take the long way home. I have a theory about Supertramp. Um, I, I know they broke up because the lead singer took a hike and all, but I think they're one of the bands from this period of time that couldn't make the transition to the MTV era. They weren't, yeah, they weren't very handsome guys. No, and there's a lot of bands that, I mean, and it, it always breaks, it always comes down to the same old thing. Well, there were personalities between them. I mean, but look at it. Look at all these bands that couldn't quite make the jump. And a lot of them are some of these rock dinosaurs. Supertramp is one of them. By the way, Steve, I got to say that 
perhaps the worst pickup line in history would be, I have a theory about Super Tramp. <laughs> <laughs> when you said that, I just thought you were in a bar, like going up to a yeah. like, hey, hon, I, I, have a ser- I have a theory about Super Tramp. <laughs> I want a t-shirt. That's our new t-shirt. I have a theory about Super Tramp. Is that, well, Electric Light Orchestra would be another one. <laughs> yeah, they all look like the jester in a Renaissance yeah. festival again. It's all coming back. They all had those like beards and like the kind of longish hair, but thin. Like they needed like they needed more breakfast in America. You know, yeah, more kippers. <laughs> yeah, more kippers. God, I'm hungry. This is the first podcast. How would you ca- this is a very very honest question. How would you uh, describe Super Tramp sound? Try to put them in a genre. Just don't, you can't say just rock. They're not prog. Yeah, but a little bit, right? But then they had like this weird klezmer. <sighs> like, do you agree with the like, klezmer gypsy jazz? Like, they yeah, always had that. Yeah. yeah. Like, some sort of weird, it's, wacky whistle. It was going always like this. There. It was almost, you know, madness, which would come after Supertramp. It's yeah. almost like the 80s version of Supertramp. Yeah. It's the same sort of whimsical sound. Like, logical song, Goodbye Stranger. They, those yeah. things get nutty. Right into our house. I yeah, mean, like Supertramp did. Yeah, it's like it's boink. It's like Supertramp plus ska equals madness. Yeah, that you're really That's good. That's not a t-shirt. <laughs> that will not. And get that you would laid. get you laid. <laughs> Somehow they get me laid. I have a theory about Supertramp. If the, if you remember anything from this show, it's I have a theory about Supertramp. And then Steve Spears got the little like quote thing underneath. All right, so you should have the uh, little the portrait of the lady with the yeah. breakfast. God. That is such a great album. Let's listen to that together and hold hands. All right, the, our fifth and final band from part one of Dinosaurs of the 80s. I throw it to you, Sean Daly. Is Kokomo the most hated song of the 80s? Yes. Well, yes, yeah. it is. <laughs> yes. I have a theory yes, about Kokomo. <laughs> it sucks. That will get you laid in Cabo, though. I have yeah. a theory about Kokomo. You know, I think, though, that if you're in Jamaica or wherever uh, Cocktail was filmed with Tom Cruise mm-hmm. and Brian Brown, this song would get you laid. <laughs> I think so, too. See, I'm surprised you don't like Kokomo because you love Cocktail. Yeah. Finnegan's Law. What's his name in it? Brian. It's Flanagan's Law. Flanagan's Law. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I had uh, a chance to interview Mike Love from the Beach Boys. And uh, it was weird because, you know, Mike Love is one of the most hated men in the world, too, because he's taken over the Beach Boys' helm, doesn't give a lot of credit to Brian Wilson, has kind of tried to, like, uh, you know, weasel his way into some credits with Brian Wilson. Talk- and, of course, Brian Wilson was ge- – now, did you, do you buy into the genius of Brian Wilson? It's okay if of you course, don't. Of course. You know, good vibrations and, like, all the harmonies and stuff like that, the whole smile thing. But when I was talking to Mike Love, he equated the success of, say, good vibrations – with the success of Kokomo. No. And it was so abhorrent that I, I really like I'm a nice guy in an interview. I'm not I'm usually not a jerk and you know, he was giving up his time to talk to me, but I'm like, uh yeah. Yeah, I think I, I kinda of battle he he's very prickly because, you know, he's I, he's lived in the shadow of Brian Wilson all these years. You know, I mean, here's the thing with Kokomo. Uh, and here's the thing with the Beach Boys, and I think this fits your theory about with the Rolling Stones to a T. There is nothing original about Kokomo. I mean, it is, it is just, 
you know, mayonnaise flavored late 80s pop. Does it hurt or help Kokomo that John Stamos plays percussion on it? Hurts. <laughs> and, it, and really, today probably helps. Yeah. Then hurts. Yeah, I like Stamos now. At the time, I'm like, what in the hell is Stamos doing on the congas? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. He was always such buddy buddies with love, wasn't he? Yeah. And um, the thing is, I, the movie helped a lot, I think. And I just think at that time, was it 1987-ish that this comes out? Pop music in the 80s was really going down the toilet fast. God. I mean, uh, all the great acts of the new romantic period were gone or had broken up or were on hiatus. The, all the original stuff had, was, had, had been finished. We were going into the era of Lisa Lisa and Deborah Gibson and Tiffany and yeah. all this sugar-coated ready for the mall stuff and that's what kokomo is right. it is the beach boys following the trend instead of leading the trend kokomo was the beach boys first number 1 hit in the US since 1966's good vibrations yeah you know it's just and so maybe i mean maybe i was hard on mike love because two number ones but still it's like uh, i mean you and i could have done a but number you know 1 what? hit but you know what a lot of people love kokomo it's a happy song and a lot of people love the Saggies. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for Mystery Movie Moment. Um, last week, I gave a lot of people some false hope by playing this mystery clip. I want you to spill your guts. Tell us everything. 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 Yeah, that's the Goonies, which probably made everybody think that this week's podcast was going to be a <laughs> No. I love soon, the Goonies. You, you, you own it now. Have yep. you watched it yet? One of these days, I'll actually take it out of the shrimp wrap. I was going to say, it's, it's, it's shrimp slow. wrap. <laughs> Your house is a nickname for something else. <laughs> uh, read some uh, of the winners. Yes, this week's, this week's winners include JT Zent of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, my old stomping grounds, Arkansas Citizen Buck, Anastasia in Columbus, Steve in Slinger, Wisconsin, Steve Boucher Zach. Balcherzak? Balcherzak. It sounds like a trick name, like he's trying to get you to say something. Balcherzak. Al Cervic. Don in the Sticks. The Stillinator. Dangerous Dan. Todd Bro. Marty Yu. Crisco Kid. The Count of Montefisto. Eric Peterson. And Magnus in New York City who writes... I thought you might get a kick out of knowing that I cited Steve and Sean in my master's thesis last week. I handed it in, and your names are listed among the greats. Aristotle, Nikola Testa. Tesla, sorry. <laughs> Testa, someone else. That's, my, that's your other nickname. <laughs> oh, man, you're hot today, baby. Uh, Aristotle, Nikola Tesla, Albert Einstein. Plato, Arthur C. Clarke, Carl Sagan, and more. I consider you both to be very influential in my 80s-inspired art practice, so I include you in my thank you list. Next ball of wild turkey is on me. Look at this. Look at look how involved we are getting in academia. Nice. Let me tell you about that Nikola Testa. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, I lost it. Yeah. Ready? Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. I'm not doing this because I want to take long showers with you assholes. And I don't want to get my head shot off in some faraway land because you don't habla, comprende? Rah! If you know it, email us at stuckinthe80s at timpe.com and then tune in next week to find out if you're a Tesla. <laughs> uh.
Uh, the Mystical Refrain of Name That 80s Tune. Um, this one was a, a dead giveaway for what we're doing. Oh, but now you're, yeah, okay, all right. I see and it's going to be a dead giveaway for one of the bands in part two. Are okay, you? yeah. Pay attention. Here was the last show's mystery clip. That's You Better You Bet from The Who. Great Face Dances album. Can't wait to talk about The Who in part two. <sighs> Man, I have owned the Face Dances album probably on every medium, like multiple copies. I lose it, just buy another copy. Vinyl? Oh, yeah. Tape? Yep. 8-track? Uh, I don't think... No. No, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, CD? Yeah. Do you have it on your iPod? Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Good for you. That's four. It's kind of a waste of money. We've done that before. Didn't do somebody do a yeah. PPTMN? I'd love I to know think, my I, forget, I think Purple Rain was my other answer that I've done that, yeah. too. That's cool. We have a lot of winners this week. You want to hear them? Fire away. Rick Veters. Mm, might be Veters. Hookman in York, PA. Another one of my old stomping grounds. What's going on, PA? Keystone State representing. Chris Connor. Captain Pittsburgh. Captain Pittsburgh. Another one of my stomping grounds. Scott Inman, A.K.O. Tremolo Man, Bill and the Comus, Dr. Dim, Katie S., David Dietrich, Dave Sedillo in Kansas, The Chain Lift. That's my new favorite. That's just, just says The Chain Lift. Yeah. And the lovely, the buxom, the beautiful Dave Featherston in Australia. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. If you know it, email us at stuckin80s.tempe.com and tune in next week to find out if you're a wiener. If you're not ready to give up on mullets in Madonna, log on to Stuck in the 80s, just one of the many blogs you'll find at tampabay.com, the website of the St. Petersburg Times. Relive the music, movies, and culture of the greatest decade ever, only at tampabay.com. Hello, boys. This is your favorite suburban dirt ball up here in the north in the cold. Hope you guys enjoy your weather. From the land of Jeff Goldblum, Michael Keaton, and Brett Michaels, this is Captain Pittsburgh, firmly stuck in the 80s. back and before we uh, talk about uh, some of the bands coming in part two i want to ask you this question sure was the 80s the last decade i mean did these bands we talked about these five bands today was that the last great decade for them definitely probably starship i mean yeah <laughs> i don't they, think they didn't survive yeah, no, no, no. they didn't get much fun. even though starship he's totally rocking uh festivals and fairs yeah marty band all over florida um the stones have they what, what about no, that that's a good 80s? question i'm trying to no, know i think I, I really think steel wheels even though every time the stones release a new album somebody says the best stones album since and then they make some you know yeah but i think no the stones would never even though it's what, 30 years later you know like 20 years later 30 years later. yeah I, I think that'd be it for the stones but yeah um, for a lot of these bands, no, I think that was it. Yeah, 
like a lot of us, the 80s, it was a peak year, peak <laughs> decade. Um, but next, uh, part two, so you know we kind of teased that maybe The Who. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> maybe. The Who is going to make it. And I've interviewed both uh, Roger Daltrey and Pete Townsend, so I'll tell you about that. But as for the other rock dinosaurs in part two, I don't know. Let's just leave it. Let's just leave it. Excellent. At that. You like that? I like right? that a lot. All right. Nod, nod, wink, wink. Hey, that's what we have this week. Uh, in the meantime, I'm going to leave you with Sean's favorite song from his rock dinosaur at <laughs> oh, the 80s. No! No! While we remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is produced by the St. Petersburg Times and TampaBay.com. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for the music for the opening credits. Read our blog at tampabay.com slash blogs slash 80s. And don't forget to subscribe to the show at iTunes. Oh, man, you got some good ones today.